Welcome to Kingdom Over Everything. I am your host and Chief Fire Igniter, Shea Bynes, and we are finally here. Episode one, the launch of Kingdom Over Everything. I got to tell you, uh, I've been a podcast host for over a decade, and this is the first time that I've ever done a video podcast. So this is definitely a bit of a stretch for me, but this is where the Lord has led. And so my answer to him is a forever yes. And that is why we are here. And I'm so grateful that you've joined me. Now for this first episode, I really wanted to have a conversation with someone who has been a part of my life, a part of this whole journey of becoming a kingdom driven woman. Uh, you know, I grew up in the church and so I've known Jesus as savior for a very long time. And it was a progression of that turning into a yielded and surrendered life of, of Jesus as Lord, and then coming into revelation of the kingdom of God, and then having a kingdom driven life. And this guest is my friend, my brother. He has been a part of this journey with me uh, for well over a decade. His name is Amos Johnson Jr. He is the founder of Church for Entrepreneurs and the pastor of CFE Atlanta. And we just have a candid chat. It's, it's all we know how to do. <laughs> a candid chat about unity in the body of Christ. Uh, what's even necessary for unity? Do we need to agree? What does it look like? What does it look like for us to be the answer to Jesus's prayer that we may all be one? So join us for this chat. And let me know your thoughts in the comments. Let's get started. Hey, Ms. Johnson, what is going on, my friend? I am doing well, Shay. I'm excited about this new podcast format. Excited to dig into our conversation today. So I don't know if you knew this, but you are my very first. You, you've got episode number one. Mm -hmm of the Kingdom Over Everything podcast. And so I'm excited to have you as the first guest. I figured it was only it was only appropriate because you and I go back in podcast history pretty far. Like in, what was that, 2013, when we launched uh, the Kingdom Driven Entrepreneur podcast, you you were the host. It was you, yeah, yeah. me, mm -hmm. Antonina Gear, the mm -hmm. co-host, and we all did that thing together. So my podcast history with you is goes deep, like a decade long, a dec mm -hmm. over a decade ago. So it was only appropriate to have you here with me on the first episode. Yeah, I'm, I'm <laughs> excited about this new format too, just to just for you to just talk with folks yeah. and just, just dig into things in a, in a deeper way. So yeah, absolutely. Okay, so for those who don't know you, Amos, uh, share a little bit about you know what you do, who you are, before mm -hmm. we get going. Okay. All right. So um, I live here in Atlanta, Georgia. My primary calling is to help believers do the things that God's called them to do. That's the primary calling. And the reason I really I'm passionate about that is because you're not really fully alive until you're actually doing the things that God's called you to do. Right. Facts. So under that big umbrella, if I kind of chart how God has led me over these years, let's go to starting to 2014, is a good starting point. So 2014, yes. he had me start, uh, or ministry called Church for Entrepreneurs. Church for Entrepreneurs was a daily podcast that was designed to teach people the word of God on a daily basis so they could grow their faith. Because what because you know the Bible says that you need to renew your mind so you can prove the will of God, right? Yes. And so to renew your mind, you need the word, right? And so as you renew your mind, your mind begins to think like God. And as you think like God, you get to hear God. And as you can hear God, you get to know what you're called to do. 
right? Yes. And so that's kind of what started the church for entrepreneurs. And then from there, that's just developed into other aspects that I do in helping people. Um, just this year, I launched a new ministry called Before and After the Wedding that's helping single believers and married believers develop healthy marriages for their current marriage or their future marriages. Um, I'm also involved in helping ministers develop their minister or calling. I also have a new concept called faith communities where I have an active role in starting local communities. You might've called these local churches, but I just call them community believers. Our first yes. local communities here in Atlanta, Georgia, and we started uh, about a year and a half ago. So, and so I'm trying to think, I miss anything. So I've got them all. So we got church entrepreneurs, <laughs> we got faith leaders, we got the yes. local communities and we got the before and after wedding project. So, yeah. Okay. So would you say <laughs> that you are pastor and teacher at heart? I think I'm teacher at heart first, pastoral at heart next, in terms of one that really got people to shepherd yes. people. Yeah. 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 Very good. Okay. And cool. And so also interesting is, so you, when you were doing church for entrepreneurs, it was a, it was a podcast only, mm -hmm. but you also talked about how you started a local community of believers there in Atlanta. So that's been about a year and a half, you said? Yeah. It it's like a year, nine months, 10 months. It like feels yeah. longer than that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's a whole nother lifetime ago. Cause you think about right. when we started that, cause, cause Shay was there. We started that January, 2022. And that was literally hardcore pandemic season. Right. Yes. Cause just like two weeks before that whole family had caught COVID. Right. Oh, right. Yeah, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. And so people still was like, not sure they want to come out. Not sure if they want to come to church. People still wearing masks. So we're still in that weird season when that launched. So that felt like a whole lifetime ago now. So. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Okay, now did you grow up in the church? Like, I don't know this part about you because I don't know how, I don't know your, as long as we've been friends, I don't know your come to Christ story. So were you like yeah. practically born in the church? You just grew um, up, you don't remember anything other than church? Kind of, kind of. I, I, don't, I don't have a specific come to Christ moment. You know, yeah. that, that's one thing, you know, every, you know, some believers have these great glorious moments where, you know, I, yeah, was, I, I was on drugs and I was about to die <laughs> and then God stopped the bullet. And then I saw the, you know, I don't have that one. Right. Me neither. <laughs> so, so, but my grandfather was a minister, right? So he had eight kids. And so he brought Christianity to his family and all eight kids were, you know, believers. And yeah. when we say believers, we mean we're, you know, you know how most believers, they're, they're believers. Actions may or may not line, but they're kind right, of right. got a basic understanding. Yeah. So my parents had that background of my grandfather being a minister. And then, but we didn't really go to church when I was young, young. Right. I did go to Catholic school because they did put me in private Catholic school. Okay. Um, but I don't actually remember going to church, church until maybe like, man, like seven, eight, nine years old, actually going yeah. to church on a regular basis. And we went to a, a Methodist church and in the Methodist church, it had this concept that before you turn 12 years old, you can do anything you want because you're not accountable. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I guys ever heard that. The 12 is the magic age. Yeah, 12 is the magic age, right? So that was, the, that was the age of accountability. I don't know how we got that, but that was the age of accountability. Right. Maybe because yeah. Jesus was 12 years old with the doctrines of the law. Maybe he got Yeah, it. maybe that is yeah. it. But anyway, at 12, Yes. You had to make a decision for yourself because after 12, everything's on you, right? Yeah. So at 12, I got baptized and I remember feeling like I was believing this stuff and making decisions and stuff at 12, right? Right. And then so I spent 12 years. Now I got to college and I got to college. I went to a HBCU with the Morehouse College and everybody at college took it upon themselves to teach me the ways of the world. 
right? So they started explaining to me how the world was supposed to operate, how you're supposed right. to get with girls. How you, they were explaining all the stuff that I was never, I wasn't supposed to do, right? right. So, so like most people in college, you drift away from that that foundation. Yeah. And I didn't really drift back to, I mean, I always, always still believe in God, even though I wasn't acting like I did, but I still right. did. Right. And yes. even when I've had friends who were like Muslims and stuff like that, we kind of had this thing. Well, you know, all roads lead to the same God anyway. You know, we were kind of maybe universalists. Like it doesn't really matter. Right, right, right. We could be Hindu, Muslim, Buddhist, Christian. Like, we're all going to the same place. We, yes. You know, we're maybe the Oprah Winfrey gospel. Maybe everybody's <laughs> going to the same place. Right. Right. And so, but it wasn't until like, I was like, I'm making some numbers, so maybe 24-ish, where I, I joined a local church that was full of 24-year-olds and 20-year-olds, and oh, that wow. really kind of got me serious. And at yeah. that moment, I would call that not necessarily my born-again moment, but I call that my serious moment. Yes. That's where I really took this thing serious. Like, this literally is God's word. I started studying the Bible. I started reading the Bible. Because at that point, I never actually, quote-unquote, personally read the Bible. Right. Like, I just heard people tell me heard about, about it, but I never actually read the thing. Yeah. Right? And so that didn't yeah. really happen to like the mid twenties. And then from there, that's kind of where it all kind of started to go. Okay. So now in that, in that same time frame, I guess around 24, you're talking about, is that at the time that you also knew about the spirit of God? Like, did you know, Holy Spirit, did you know the Holy Spirit's here to lead no, guide no, no. you in everyday life? Okay. So then when did that part happen? When did you like, that happens after when they start teaching me about Holy Spirit. Okay. Right. So, so before that time, we knew there was a thing called God. Right. And we knew that Jesus died for us for something. Yes. Right. So up to that point, I still didn't understand the connection between Jesus and God. Are they the same people, different people? But I do knew that he was, you know, this thing called Jesus, person called Jesus who died for yes. us. Right. Because like, yes. you know, in our growing up in church, you know, the way I call it is the, the, the black Methodist church and, and you guys, they're, they're more social activists right you know okay. we, we're fighting the power right we got to get okay. people in office we got to fight racism so so we're not really preaching the interests of theology but we're more we're trying to come up as a people so you yes. so you kind of gloss over some of the theology of who jesus is who the holy spirit is who god is you know you're supposed to pray you know there's a heaven you know there's a hell if we do certain things wrong but you don't understand like what is grace you know how we actually yes. saved you know um, because you're part of the church, does that mean salvation? So all that's kind of mingled in together. So it yeah. wasn't until I was like 24 where I started teasing those things apart. Because I went to a church that's um, the dominant. It's not. It could be a denomination now, but back then it wasn't. Right? It was like it was, it was called like Word of Faith. And so Word okay. of Faith thing was like we're going to teach you the Word, and if you don't see it in the Bible, you had to take the Word of a preacher. That that was the right. whole mindset, right? So every time yeah. we had service, every Wednesday night, every Sunday open your Bible, let's look at it and let's go through this thing. Let's parse this stuff out. And yes. so, so that started my journey, just loving actually reading the word and seeing what God said about stuff. Yeah. And that's when I start discovering there's this difference between God, Jesus and Holy spirit. And then they start even making it even a little differently where, you know, it's this thing like, you know, there's a Holy spirit upon Holy Spirit in it's like, they get, <laughs> right. all, it's like we, get, yes. we got all kind of technical then. Right. So we start yes. parsing all the details out. <laughs> yes. So I, I I thought to ask that because it's kind of even connected to what I want to talk to you about today. Because in the background, you and I, so you and I, for those listening and watching, you and I, we talk all the time. So yes. we talk every month, sometimes multiple times in yeah, a month. For, for the last like uh, what, nine years, I think. For the last at least nine years. Yeah. At least nine years. 
And so, but more recently, you know, so both of us have been in these places and spaces where we are serving. You talked about church for entrepreneurs. We've been serving a group of people who are believers where you and I haven't cared about their denominations, yeah. their, yeah. their theological foundations and upbringing. Like those things weren't the things we were focused on. We were all kind of coming together in unity around a particular thing. So for us with Kingdom Driven Entrepreneur, it's being kingdom driven, right? Doing mm -hmm. business in partnership with God, having a greater kingdom impact in the marketplace. You were bringing people around the word and like taking this scripture and applying it to your daily life as an entrepreneur now really kind of broadly as a believer, right? Yes. Yep. So we, so in our showing up to serve, we weren't concerned about all of those things and we could create community and places and spaces where all of this could operate in unity. Exactly. Right. Yep. And, but you and I in the background have had these conversations around how there is such a wide variety of thoughts and, and perspectives and all those things. And you and I have talked a little bit about like, well, you know, where do those things matter? Where do mm -hmm. they not matter? And all of those things. And so I ran, so I kind of want to have this conversation because you and I've been talking about this around this whole idea of unity rather than uniformity and how we can kind of function because yeah. there's a couple of things I want to pull out. So, you know, you love, you love scripture. So do I, so I'm gonna start, I, I pulled this up in John 17. This is Jesus. It's somewhere, let's say somewhere in here. He says it multiple times. This is John 17, where he talks about us being one. Here we go. I'm going to say uh, verse 11. And I am no longer in the world. This is in red, y'all. And I am no longer in the world, but they are in the world. And I am coming to you. Holy Father, keep them in your name, which you have given me, that they may be one. Yeah. Even as we are one. Yeah. While I was with them, I kept them in your name, which you have given me. I have guarded them and not one of them has been lost except for the son of destruction. He goes on, etc. Then yeah. he goes further on later on. It says now I'm at verse. Let's see. I think we go all the way down to 20. Oh no, I'm going to go to 20. I do not ask for these only, but for, but also for those who will believe in me through their word that they may all be one just as you father are in me and i in you that they also may be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me the glory that you have given me i have given to them yeah. that they may be one yeah. even as we are one i in them and you and me that they may become perfectly one so that the world may know that you sent me and loved them even as you love me I mean, he went in on this, he, yeah. you, know, mm -hmm. you know, that they, and it's, it's almost like he's saying it's the evidence, the proof to the world is that we actually show up as one. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So unity kind of matters to Jesus. Yeah, it's, it's the whole game, right? Right. Right. It's the whole game. Cause like even the, um, the charge to ministers, like the apostles or prophet evangelists, our yes. whole charge is to equip believers until we're all one. Yes. Right. That's that's the whole mission of this whole ministry thing. Right? Yes. <laughs> is to bring everybody to the unity of the faith. Right. You know, so that yes. we're not uh, what is work. We're not drifting, tossing to by every wind of doctrine. Right. Right. So the goal is oneness. Right. Because that's literally is literally the sign of his church. His body is one because him, God and Holy Spirit are one. Right? Yes. So that's 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 the game. Right. Yeah. Satan's fighting against the game. Right. That's that's the game. We're right. Because it because it doesn't look like that's the game we play in. Like if we look around us, that doesn't look like the game we yeah. play in the body mm -hmm. of Christ. If, if, 
you know, at least that's my opinion. Yeah. I saw, I ran into this, I ran into this uh, quote. I don't even know exactly who it's attributed to. It looked like it was going back to multiple like theologians from like the 1600s or something, but it said, an essentials, unity, and non-essentials, liberty, mm-hmm. and all things, charity, or, or the love, the yes. love of Christ, yes. right? Mm-hmm. And I was like, that's good. Yes. I was like, that makes sense. But then again, it's kind of like, all right. Well, what are the essentials? essentials. That's the question, right? And what, what are, the, and, what are <laughs> <laughs> and what are the non-essentials? And these yeah. are kind of the things that you and I have been, you know, yeah. chatting around behind the scenes. And so I love that's why this podcast to me is so important for us to talk about kingdom over everything, mm-hmm. because even us having a kingdom lens and everything actually really requires a whole nother layer of operating in a lens of unity. Mm-hmm. It actually requires that yeah. to do it effectively. Yeah. And so that we're not like caught up in, oh, well, you have this difference around this. You do this. This tradition is different. And then coming against one another around certain things. But I mean, what are your thoughts about this thing around? We got to agree on the essentials yeah. versus the non-essentials. Like what? Are, I mean, you're pa- pastoring folks, teaching folks. You're at this at, at this at a whole nother level. You interact with other pastors yeah. and stuff like that. So tell me like what you're experiencing, your thoughts and all of that around this. Well, I think the problem is with the word agree. Okay. I don't think the Bible's call us to agree on, on things. Um, first of all, because like, think about what the Bible does. The Bible says that, you know, the Bible equates Christ and the church with the relationship of husband and wife. Right. right? That, that's the equivalence. Right. And so in the relationship of husband and wife, if you think about the roles, the husband plays the role of Christ as the head and the wife plays the role of the church, which is the body. And the role of the body is to submit under the head. Right. So it's a submission game and submission doesn't mean agreement. Right. Mm. And so if you think about what Paul said, said, hey, submit to one another. It didn't say agree with everybody. Right. Mm. So, so there has to be a level of submission, right? So if you look in the Bible, in the book of Acts. Wait, hold on. For those, I'm going to, I looked up agree. Hold on. I looked up an agree. I'm a word nerd. Go ahead. So agree, have the same opinion about something, Mm -hmm. concur. Okay. Keep going. Yeah. So that, that's not requirement, right? Uh Now, so in the book of Acts, we see the, the first church schism. And then the first church schism was over circumcision. All right. And mm. so for those who may not know what that means, that's basically the, the male genitalia being cut and the foreskin pulled back. That was a sign of the old covenant that God made with Israel. And so when the early believers were pretty much all Jewish, right? Because Jesus was Jewish. The 12 disciples were Jewish. It was pretty much all Jewish people. And they were getting saved and they created the new covenant, right? Now, what that meant was that people who were Jewish people who knew the Torah, who understood all the intricacies of the law, they couldn't let go of the law, right? And so when they start, uh, when Gentiles, people like us who are not Jewish, we start believing in Jesus, they wanted those Gentiles to be circumcised. Right. Just like we, they were circumcised. And they were saying that you couldn't be saved unless you were circumcised, right? And so and since you couldn't be saved unless you were circumcised, they were telling the Gentile believers, you are not saved. And so Paul and Barnabas disagree like strongly, like absolutely not. That's not what we're about here. We don't have to be circumcised to be saved, right? We're saved because we believe in Jesus. 
Right. And so they couldn't, as a group, come to an agreement. So they had to go to Jerusalem and meet with James, the brother of Jesus, who's kind of head of the church there. And they hashed it out. And they came to a, a, con, a they came to a consensus that, okay, new believers don't have to be circumcised. And we're going to go tell everybody, just don't, don't do fornication, don't eat blood off the idols, and you'll do good. Right? And so they, they said, that's, that's it. Right? And so the, they argued about it, but the people who wanted circumcision, they, didn't, they still didn't see it that way, but right. they just submitted to what they agreed to. <laughs> right. Mm. And so they kind of came in submission under what they, they all kind of came to consensus to. Right. And so, so they came into, okay, wait, 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 that phrase that you, so you said that they came under submission mm -hmm. to what they agreed to what, to what James said, to what James said. Mm -hmm. Okay. All right. So James was the head of church. Because Paul, James was recognized by all of yeah, them as the head. Yeah, so, so Paul was saying his thing. Peter said his stuff. The Pharisees who were saved said their stuff. And after he heard all that stuff, James said, hey, I, what I'm saying here is that we're not going to put any other burdens on these new converts other than no fornication, no eating uh, food off the idols and eating blood and stuff like that. Yes. Right. And they, so they were all in agreement that James is the one that they were going to be submitting to. Mm -hmm. So therefore they came in agreement around that. They came up, they, they came under submission to the issue. Yeah. Itself. They didn't agree, but it came under submission to what yes. the body wanted in that case. Yes. Right. And so James heard all the opinions, of course. Right. And he yes. sided with the group that said, you don't have to be circumcised. Right. And so, right. and so really the church has to function, not say church, the whole body of Christ kind of has to function in this kind of submission to each other where I'm not quite seeing it the way you see it, but yes. we're going to have to come under some form of mutual submission to each other where we can function yes. together. Right. Yeah. And you, and you think about, so when Jesus was dying on the cross, the thief on the cross, Jesus told the thief on the cross today, you'll be in paradise with me. So this guy is naked, dying on a cross. He has no time to do anything other than just believe in Jesus. Right. And that's it. Yep. And that, that, that was literally it. That's all he had time to do. And that was sufficient for him to go to paradise that day. Yes. Right. So, so I think, you know, when I look at scripture, really believers are just people who believe that Jesus is under God. And, yes. and that's the core question. Right. That's the core question. Right. If yes. you look at everybody's salvation, do you believe that Jesus literally is some of God? Right. Because there's yes. people who don't believe that. Right. They, they like his teachings they like his good works. But do you actually believe he literally came from the father and he's literally the son of God? Right. Yes. And that's really the essential. Right. Right. I was going to say there's essentials <laughs> and there's essential. So I remember like when Paul is like, all I know is Christ and him crucified. Mm -hmm. Like. <laughs> Yeah, it was like really yeah. as, as, as simple as that. Simple as that. Now you're right? like, okay, cool. Essentially, it's Jesus. Yeah, Jesus is the Son of God. Like, so it's almost like the essential or essentials is just like, is Jesus Lord and Savior? Did He come as yeah. the Son of God? Die on the cross? Yeah. Resurrected? Yeah. Back like, just like these very basic tenets. Or or tenet. Tenant, this basic tenant. Yes, thank you. That basic tenant, singular. Mm -hmm. And that's like the essential. That is like the essential, right? 
That's the essential. Right. So what's actually really funny about that. So that, so if, if so, if it's almost like, so if there is a level of uh, submission to that tenant as the reigning <laughs> of all tenants, right. Then, then it's like, okay. So if you see people saying they're a believer, but they're actually sketchy on whether or not Jesus is the son of God, which by the way, there seems to be some of that out there where they're like, yeah, well, actually I'm not. You know, yeah. you know, there is some of that too. Yeah. That we could be like, okay, they're probably, yeah, this is probably not a member yeah. of the body. Of that's probably outside, outside of the system. Yeah. Right. You're out, you're operating outside of the system, yeah. but that's a minority. Right. But outside of that, it's like, okay, cool. So if, if we're in submission to that tenant, then we can agree on that essential and be unified in that essential. Yeah. So then, all right. So then how, from your perspective, mm -hmm. I have my perspectives on this too, but in practicality, in your day to day and wanting to walk life with people, to do life with people, to um, do the things that you're called to do, to yeah. and also to engage culture and all of mm -hmm. those things. Yeah. What are then some of the keys for you that help you walk in that place of unity under that essential tenant yeah. and not get caught up and distracted mm -hmm. in various other things yeah. that people would be like, no, false teacher, no, false yeah. prophet, no, yeah. your, your doctrine's off or whatever. Yeah. So think about another story. Um, when the disciples saw people speaking in the name of Jesus and, Jesus and they were saying, well, tell them to stop you know, cause they're not with us. And then Jesus right. said, if they're, if they're not against us, they're for us, right? Leave them alone. And so those people were not doing it right, but they were doing the tenant, right? They were yeah. glorifying the name of Jesus as son of God, not a good teacher, but as son of God. Right. Yes. And that's the important tenant that you can kind of rally around with people. Yeah. And so that's why with our, with, with our movements, with church entrepreneurs or KDE, we have a tenant that we all kind of unify around, even yes. though we got variations of all other stuff, but because of that tenant, it allows yeah. us to coexist. It allows us to say, Hey, we got a mission. We got a thing we're doing here. We're moving forward because we're, we're we kind of coalesce around this tenant. Um, for me is that God has called you into entrepreneurship for you. This is not business as usual. This is like doing, doing business with the King, you know, like you got the tenants, right. That they kind of yeah. unified around that's, you know, they may see things differently on like, is God three persons or one person, but you right. kind of unified on a, on a certain right. tenant. Right. And so, yes. so I think practically, you know, I think our job as ministers is the way we bring about unity is really preaching the tenant. You know, we got to mm -hmm. grasp this concept that Jesus is literally the son of God, right? Yeah. He's literally died for us, right? That key foundation is a key foundation, right? Right. Now, once we get to the key foundation, us as ministers, and this is what we have to be careful. We can't create fences where God never created fences. Mm. Right. So let me give you an yeah. example of this. So just, just yesterday I was doing a, a marriage conversation and, um, and we were talking about sex and marriage and okay. the question of masturbation came up. Right. Ah, and so uh -huh. people was asking, well, isn't that a sin? No, we shouldn't. This is something we shouldn't do. I said, well, hold on the Bible never says that, <laughs> right? <laughs> it, it never says that. It said the Bible uh -huh. describes all kind of sexual sins. It's talking about sex with animals, sex with your mother-in-law, sex with your sister. <laughs> it, kind of, it, it describes all kind of sexual actions. It right. never describes that one as sin, right? Right. And so I said, you know, 
I can't create a fence around something that God never created a fence. And so, yeah. so what happens is you take something like a masturbation thing. He's like, yeah, I think that's not healthy. I think that leads to other stuff that may be all true, but the right. moment you put a fence around it, you, you adding thing that God never added and you create, yeah. you create something on top of something and then it becomes something else. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. It's almost like with the serpent and Eve, right? The serpent created something else on top of what God said. Yes. Right. And so we, so as humans ministers, we got to be careful with the stuff we put on top of stuff. Right. And then even if, you know, we shouldn't be doing, you think we shouldn't be doing certain things. Don't put a fence around it because mm -hmm. we preach it as if it's authoritative. You preach yes. it as this is literally what God wants. And he never said it. Right. But yeah. we're inter we're, we're kind of extrapolating it. We we're creating something else. Yeah. And that's where we get to create the, the disagreements. Right. That's, where we, and that's yeah. when we start adding essentials that shouldn't be there. Right. And that's, yeah, to all it's almost stuff, like right? someone's conviction, like someone's personal conviction from yeah. the Holy Spirit, which is also why it's really important for us to know the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. Right. Because the Holy Spirit also convicts and he convicts yeah. at a very personal level. So whereas, so whereas the sin then becomes the disobedience, as opposed to the action itself being sin, that Jesus didn't say it was sin, the Holy Spirit is like, this is not the way for you, and you're not to do X, Y, Z because mm -hmm. of X, Y, Z. And then if you do do it, then now it's disobedience, and disobedience is sin, but the action itself, it wasn't about the action itself, it was about the disobedience for our personal conviction yeah. as a, and then sometimes people have a personal conviction and then create what I think the way you said is put something on top and then yeah. create that, that thing on top yeah. Yeah. for everybody else. So the way I describe it is it was this movie called contact in the nineties. I don't know if you saw that movie. I but, didn't see that. So, so let me, let's, I can see I can describe it. Right. So imagine this humans got some instructions from, from aliens okay. and the aliens told them how to construct a spaceship. Yeah. And in the spaceship design, they gave them the instructions. But in the instructions, there was, there was no instructions to put a seat in the spaceship. And so when the humans looked at the instructions, they did everything that the aliens said, but it added a seat for the pilot to sit in. Now, yes. the instruction never said have a seat in it, right? Right. But they right. put a seat there. They said, oh, that, you got to sit somewhere. So they put a seat with a seat belt and they put a seat there, right? And so when the pilot, when she got into to the, to the spaceship, she got in, she strapped in a seat, and then they took off. And then the chair just starts shaking and she was just vibrating like it was about to tear her apart. And then she remembered like the seat was not in the instruction. So she got out of the chair, the chair disintegrated and she just floated in the middle safe. Right. Wow. <laughs> so, wow. so when I saw that, I was like, this is what we do, right? Yeah. We're adding <laughs> stuff to what God said. Cause we think it's helpful. Right? Yeah. <laughs> right? That was a really good visual. <laughs> Right. So that's legit. So, so there's some things that's not good for your course, right? You know, Paul said, Hey, you know, everything may be properly. Everything's not speeding the course. Right. Yeah. But you know, but this is a journey that we walk out in community is journey. We walk out with the Holy spirit and, yes. and as ministers, we really got to be careful with this. You know, are, yeah. we, are we preach? Are we adding things that God never added like right. circumcision? Right. Yeah. You know, maybe there's some medical reason for circumcision, but it's not yeah. like it's a dust says, Lord, you have to do this, be, be saved. Right. 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 You know, and we know what, you know, and then the Bible is clear when it needs to be clear. Yeah. I mean, it's clear when it needs to be clear. Right? <laughs> <laughs> like it's plain language where it, where it needs to, be, it needs plain to be clear. Language. Right. You know, and so, yeah. And so like, even, so I think the Bible's clear that husbands should be headed home. I think that's clear. Uh -huh. 
but there's people who don't agree. They, they'll they'll say, well, head doesn't mean this. They'll they'll redefine the terms. I don't think that's enough to say you're not saved. Right. Right. I think you're I think that wasn't an essential. That was, uh, yeah. I think that's where God designed things to be and how he wants it to happen. But remember again, the thief on the cross, he didn't have time to work out the final person doctrine. Right. Mm. <laughs> he just he just believed in Jesus. And in time have, theology. Uh, in time, like anything, in time theology <laughs> that Jesus came back in 70 AD or is he coming back later? Is he coming back before right, a thousand right. years? Come back after the thousand years, right? Yes. Right. And so there's a lot of things in scripture that you know, God wants us to learn from it. Yeah. But the, but Paul says we're all looking through a glass darkly, which means that we all got some truth and foolishness in us. Yes. Right. And so yeah. we just got to we just got to be careful with that when we, when we yeah. preach as ministers. Yeah. I don't know why I'm opening this can, um, <laughs> <laughs> but it's what came to as you were talking. I had this picture in my mind, so I'm just gonna roll with it on this whole thing around unity around for us, the essential. So it's interesting. If you think about the, um, LGBTQ IA plus, I think is the full acronym that we'll see. Mm -hmm. So it's been interesting. I've actually been listening to some interesting conversations. Um, there's some shows that their whole entire premise is to bring people together with yeah. different perspectives and see mm -hmm. if they can find some common ground, yeah. you know, if, if they can find their essential. And it was fascinating because I was listening to, um, I was listening to these conversations, uh, where there is people who are of, where it's almost like everyone was in part of that community. If you put all the letters together, yeah. everyone was a part of that community. Mm -hmm. Right. But this one question came up where it was like, do you think that the LGB should be separated from the T, like the other letters, whatever, mm -hmm. right? There was almost like, do you think? And there was like, people are coming together, da, 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 da. Yeah. And the conversation that ensued was fascinating mm -hmm. because there were, it was linked to, they were finding these, like there was disagreements around sexuality versus gender identity and all of those things. But ultimately they're all like, but listen, we all have our own, they all have our own struggle. Go ahead and put them all together because we have an essential struggle that we want to see support for. Yeah. And so they all came together on yeah stuff they could completely disagree on fundamentals around gender mm -hmm. sexuality or whatever even within that alphabet yeah. soup in yeah. there yeah but yet came together off of an essential and we have seen from a cultural perspective the unity in which they have come together on an essential even amidst tons of variation and differences mm -hmm. on a whole lot of things yeah even, even across people who are like conservative versus liberal yeah. within the community, yeah. there were so many differences, yeah. but yet seeing from a cultural perspective, how the unification had led to so much stuff, yeah. right? Cause they're unifying on an essential. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, man, if the body of Christ mm -hmm. would operate off of the unity of an essential, mm -hmm. as opposed to hyper focused on our differences and creating whole movements and things to be against one another and against aspects of of one another yeah how much further would people experience the goodness of god yeah yeah i mean that's that's probably true in a lot of communities if you have something outside of yourself that you're quote unquote fighting against you don't you don't worry about the the differences 
the problem happens is once the LGBTQIA, whatever the acronyms are, once they quote unquote no longer have the common enemy, you'll see them break apart. Absolutely. They'll, they'll, Absolutely. Break, they'll break apart, right? Yes. And so yes. believers, we still have the enemy here fighting against God. And, and we, we think we're in peacetime. You know, my, my 14 year old daughter, she, we, we, we was discussing this um, in the car about why there's so many different things. And her thing was like, they just been looking at scriptures too long. And so, so basically what- Wait, 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 hold on. For clarity, when you're saying she was wondering why there's so many things, you're talking about de denominations? Yeah, what, denominations, okay. difference gotcha. of opinions about Christianity. Okay, and what she it. came to, they just been looking at scripture too long. So, right. so, so what, what she means is like, look, so it's been like 2000 years since Jesus, right? And yes. so after 2000 years, if you just keep looking at something long enough, you start seeing things that's not there, right? <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Like, what else, what else are we doing? Right. You know what I'm saying? Like the early Christians, they literally trying to not die. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yes. <laughs> like once you get past not trying to die uh -huh. and you're in this quote unquote, we feel like we're in peacetime, you start yes. parsing out words again. You know, well, the, <laughs> the Greek didn't really mean that from this particular tense. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> so you start right. seeing things right. that's not really there. Right. Yes. And I think you might miss the essential of like, did literally did Jesus, is he, did he come from the father? Did he die for us? Do you believe in him? Like the essential, right? And like, like once you get that essential, Jesus did tell us to teach people what he taught his disciples. Right. Right. So that, so that means that there is a way that Jesus want us to live, right? Yes. You know, post salvation, there's a, there's a, sure. there's a white way we want us to live. Right. And so, which means that there is a truth to the matter on some of the quote unquote non-essentials of disagreement. Yes. However, even though there's a truth of the matter of non-essentials of disagreement, the salvation process occurs at the belief stage. Yes. Right. So what we're kind of arguing about is how we walk this out. Right. Right. We're arguing on the walking yes. out part of it. Right. And so, yeah. and so even people like maybe in the LGBTQ community, they say they were Christians and they're yeah. engaged in lifestyles that I see that the Bible says you shouldn't be engaged with lifestyles. My question for them. Like, do you believe that Jesus is literally from the father? Is he from yeah. the father? Cause like, yes. cause what a false prophet in Bible says, a false prophet is somebody who denies the deity of Jesus, mm -hmm. right? You gotta listen to clarity to people's language. If they yeah. start talking about Jesus, as just one of many, right. a good prophet, good words, good sermon, they could be homosexual, heterosexual, whatever, then they're not really in the camp. Because you're really denying the the essence of who Jesus essential. was, essential, right? Right. Yeah. But if you are somebody in a homosexual camp, and you have these desires for men, you probably do, right? But the question is, do what do you believe about Jesus? Like, who is he? Yeah. It, yeah. You know, because like I've read this one church website, they literally said, of course they're they're affirming of all the stuff of everything. They said sure. we agree with the Bible where it promotes quote unquote love. And where it doesn't, we take those parts out. So they're saying up front, they're they're up like, front right? <laughs> <laughs> they said that they agree on the, they agree on the ascent, they agree on the essential, but as it relates on the one essential that we talked about, yeah. they agree on that. Mm -hmm. But on the other side of that, yeah, they take when it, it comes other. to how you live your life, they're like, well, in this Bible, if it doesn't agree with our perception of what love is, mm -hmm. then we, we've we, tossed we it. We've tossed it, it out, right? All right, so, so well, you know what? I could at least appreciate that they said it out loud. <laughs> right, so they're, they're clear. Right? They're very clear. They're very clear. Yeah. I think that 
I think that we don't have going back to just this idea of unity and kind of how to walk it out. I think one of the perception, one of the, um, one of the mindsets that, and just heart postures that I have that helps me walk this stuff out is that is recognizing that all of us are on a journey at all, at, at all times. Mm -hmm. Like we're all on our own individual walks, our individual journeys. There's things that God reveals to us. There's things I don't, there's things I believe now or things that I don't believe now that I believed two years ago. Yeah. There's things I don't believe now that I believed five years ago. There's things that I thought I understood 10 years ago. And then was like, Whoa, that's not even in the world. Like there's all of us are on our own walks. And I don't think that we have enough grace for one another's process yeah. in God. And even understanding that God, I mean, if we believe in Romans 8, 28 and how God, you know, just kind of works all things together for the good of those who love and are called according to his purpose, then if we have more grace for each other's process, we can also see how God will use yeah. an aspect of our lives, an aspect of our misunderstanding, our aspect of a difficulty or a challenge or whatever that we kind of walk through our, our, our own wrestling mm -hmm. with certain aspects on the other side of salvation yeah. of walking out kingdom life. If we could just have grace for one another's process, I think for me, that that mindset and heart posture helps me to navigate relationally yeah. without like just being and staying in this process of judgment around someone. If we can just agree on this, like we can coexist, you know, I mean, I'll also, you know, if, if you want to have a conversation with me about the things we disagree with, I'll certainly have that conversation, yeah. but I'm not going to focus. I'm not going to throw something out throw a relationship out or throw out possibility or throw out whatever, or just kind of since be like, Oh, that person's not saved or that person's not a believer. or That person's not this yeah. based off of that. Yeah. So I think, I think for, let's say people who are not in ministry, when I say ministry, I'm, I'm looking at it. In the I was going to say, the, yeah, define the, that the strict sense of the word of a pastor, apostle, uh, teacher, evangelist, uh, prophet, I think the fivefold, like in that strict mm -hmm. sense of the word, right? We have a job to equip believers around God truth. Yes. We have a job yes. to teach it. And that's right. That's, that's our mission. That's our job. Yes. Right. Yes. Now, if I'm not in that space of doing that, it's not necessarily my job to co correct my fellow brothers and sisters about every point of things we disagree on. Right. <laughs> right. You, know, you, know, you know what I'm saying? So like, yes. so even when I teach people stuff, I'm teaching it from, this is how I'm seeing it from scripture. This is how I'm, yes. I'm, I'm, I'm studying. I'm showing you how this works. Right. Yes. I can do that without calling out somebody. Yeah. Right? So you can teach what you believe without actually calling out people. Right. Yeah. And so you can teach what you believe person minister B can teach what they believe. And guess what? In A and B, we both got truth and foolishness. Yes. Right. But when yes. the streams kind of come together, the foolishness starts to shake itself out some, right? And so I'm actually optimistic about this time in history because yes. before this time in history, we didn't know there was so much variations in body of Christ because everybody just believed what their local church taught them. But now because of the internet, because of YouTube, because of Facebook, because of Instagram, the, the body of Christ is colliding together with yes. all these ideals, all these yes. understandings of what they think God looks like from Calvinism to Armenians to like all the things, right? It's all colliding. Yes in the space yes. of ideals. Yes. And I think this is the perfect environment where the collision actually brings about the unity. Yes, right? man. The collision is going to actually bring about the unity. 
right? Yeah, because if you're engaging with one another, if you're even aware, like there's so much, like you said, there's things that we just we weren't even aware of. Yeah, I know I've had conversations in the last few years with a handful of folks that I've developed relationship with when I was just like, I didn't even know that was a thing. Yeah, yeah. Like, I didn't even, I had no idea that was even a thing mm -hmm. that people thought or believed, or I didn't yeah. know that that's, there was a whole thing around that. Exactly. Like I've learned so much, but then when I hear that, it's not like I receive that and say, oh, well, no, it's I'm taking in these inputs and it's yeah. like, ah, oh, that's interesting. Okay. I don't really agree with that, but that's interesting, you know, mm -hmm. and it's just like, I can still co I can still coexist, Yeah, you know, within yeah. that. I loved, I loved how you were talking about just even from a ministering, when you were in the role of teaching, um, teaching, uh, discipling and all of those things, um, at the same time, you're teaching what you believe and understand today. Mm -hmm. Even people who are in positions of leading groups of people can experience the same thing that I experienced five years down the road and be like, oh, God gave me a whole nother layer. Like what I believe about that. I, there's a nuance there. There's a thing. Yeah. I watched my own pastor over a 20 year period of time, the apostle of the church that I used to go to mm -hmm. where you could his process of evolving in his understanding yeah. around the word. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so we should be growing from, mm -hmm. and I think that's, I think that's kind of my point, which is why we have to have grace for the process. We have our own process and everyone else has their process, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. you can stand, you can stand firmly in what you believe and hold the tension of that's what you firmly believe. Yeah. And that's what, and someone else firmly believes someone like it's okay. Going back to, we don't have to agree. Yeah. Right. Yeah. We can actually operate in that tension. Yeah. So a good example of my submission versus agreement concept is that yeah. I don't believe that tithing is a New Testament concept. Right. Mm -hmm. Now, I tell people, however, if I was called to go to a church and this church believed that tithing was a New Testament concept, I would tithe there. Right. Right. I would submit to that group of people because this is what yes. you do. This is kind of what you right. guys believe in. And I believe God's calling me to be a part of you guys. I'm not going to. That's honor. I'm, I'm not here to break honor you guys apart. Right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yes. <laughs> That's what submission yeah. looks like. Right. It's not, yeah. it's not agreement. It's like, I, I totally disagree that I don't think tithing is for today, but if I'm called to be a part of this group, I'm going to submit to that. I'll be tithing mm. like everybody else. Right. Because <laughs> you feel like God called you there. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm part of the thing. Right. So if I'm going to be a part of this body of believers and this, yes. and, and like, the, the body believers believe that tithing yeah. is a thing and they believe uh -huh. that if you don't tithe, it's such a bad thing. Right. And I'm called to be there. Right. I may try to, I, I will see if I can talk, but if this is the in, ingrained system and God needs me there, I'm going to submit to it. Mm, you see what I'm saying? Like, that, <laughs> I'm telling you, that's challenging some folks. <laughs> like, is this the I, felt the I felt the tension in that when you said it. <laughs> Yeah, right. So this is what this is what it means to be a part of a body, right? You, when you're, mm. this is why people don't go to church sometimes, right? Because they don't want to submit, right? It's much and easier. And they want, want to be in agreement on everything. Yeah, it's much easier to be out here by yourself, doing your own thing, and wow, not having bro. to come into quote unquote submission to somebody else, right? That's why people want to get married. Wow. They don't want to submit to each other, right? They're ready <laughs> to be single, right? <laughs> wow. Right. So 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 I think there's a level of okay. I know the truth of this. I'm, if I'm called to be with this group of people, I'm not called to be a, a hindrance to the, to the body. Right. You know what I'm saying? Now, if they yes. won't make me pastor, 
I'll start teaching differently, of course. Yeah, because right? then they they have been <laughs> uh, they have given you the authority. Yeah. To operate as an adjutant yeah. in that case. Yes. Yeah. So now, if I'm called to pass, like even if, if I'm not called to be the head pastor, and and he's put me as assistant pastor, I'm never preaching against tithing as an assistant pastor. Right. Right. Never. Right. Right. I'm not yes. trying to sow confusion because the ultimate That's thing right. is believers we need to submit to one another. Right. That's good, man. <laughs> That's good. And I think that that one of those caveats connected to what you were saying that really stuck out to me is you're like, and I feel like I'm called to be here. Mm -hmm. Right. Because I think that I think that um, I think that sometimes you there's something that that God's put in your heart that's an adjutant and it's and it operates contrary to the place where you're at, but you're staying there out of comfort, uh, comfort and tradition of being there versus saying, "Are you even supposed to be there anymore?" Yeah, right. Yeah, you I mean, know, you I could, think you kind of operate in that could place. Be a time too. to move on. Um, yeah, for some people. Um, yeah, and for others, you're supposed to be yeah. in that tension. Like, because there, there, there's a lesson to learn in that tension of submission. In that tension, right? absolutely. So, like, so think about this. Jesus was talking to Centurion. The Centurion yes. said, "Just say the word, and my yes. servant be healed." You don't have to even come to my house, right? And so, think yes. about what Jesus said. This Centurion has such great faith. Now, think yes. about what Centurion said. He says, "I know what it's like to be under authority. I tell yes. this one to go, and he comes. I tell this one to come, right. and he comes." And so his right. understanding of Jesus, his understanding of faith was straight from authority and submission. So he yes. understood that Jesus had authority. So he was able to submit to Jesus and Jesus didn't have to come. So everything mm -hmm. in his world teaches us not to submit to authority. That's why everybody wants to be individualist. You don't want to submit. You know, I hate the president. I hate my governor. I hate my mayor. I don't agree with this thing. I'm not going to pay here because everybody does. Nobody wants to submit. And so Jesus said the greatest person that showed faith was a person understood submission, understood mm -hmm. authority. Think about Jesus. Jesus. But what about this? Follow me as I follow Christ. Look, think about. I'm here. I'm yeah, hearing. Yeah. I'm hearing stuff. Like this. What about this? Follow me as I like. Follow me as I follow Christ. Christ. So shouldn't I? So is this submission let's, under authority? Let's see how Christ submitted. Christ submitted. So Christ was in the Garden of uh, Gethsemane, I think. I think it was the name of, and he yes. it was Tom him to down a cross. Yes. He didn't want to do that. That's nope. that's not his will. He said, God, is there another way we can do this, but nevertheless, at your will, not mine? Yes. So him and God were in disagreement about what <laughs> <I> come <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Like, if it's up to me, we're not doing this. Yeah. But yeah, I'm not going to yeah. do what I want to do, but nevertheless, I'm going to yeah. do what you want me to do. That's submission, right. Right? right? That's submission, right? So Jesus was under submission, right? Yeah. And so he was walking out the will of the Father even when it didn't align with his will, right? So that was, mm -hmm. when he said we are one, we submit, right? We submit. I mean, think about the husband and wife relationship, right? It's literally saying, wives, I know you're intelligent. I know you're smart, but I'm asking you to put your will under somebody else's will, Uh huh. right? You're asking you, can you put your will under somebody else's will? And uh -huh. that's so hard. Right. That's so hard to do. Right. Because I know stuff. I know better. I don't need we don't have to down a cross. We could do another way. Can you put yourself underneath somebody else? Right. Mm -hmm. and, I, and I think that's such an important lesson to learn that. Yeah, you may see it differently, but if you're called to walk with this person, can you right. can you come underneath? Right. Mm -hmm. can, 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 I mean, Paul was like, hey, man, I, I think eating pork is cool. 
but I'm not doing it in front of you. You see what I'm saying? Right. I'm going to submit to your level of belief and that's yes. how I'm walking it out with you. Yeah. Right. Cause it was, it, it was, it was more important to, for relationship. Mm -hmm. That was more important. Yeah. I mean, of course, Paul was, you know, you know, he was clear on the ascent on the essential, right? If you're preaching like yes. demons and stuff like that, yeah. you're not even with yeah. us. Right. right? But yes. this other stuff like, you know, we're going to worship on Saturday or Sunday. It's like, it doesn't matter what day you want to do it on. Right. Yeah. You know, so, yes. So I think, you know, he used the word, those who are weak in faith, those who are weak in faith, the weaker you are in faith, the more rules you need. Right. Mm. The stronger you are in faith, the less rules you need because you understand what's really about. Right. Now I know that sex before marriage is wrong. I know right. that homosexual relationship is wrong. Right. I've, I've studied it. I've seen it. I, I know that's wrong. Right. If you believe that's a hundred percent right, I'm not going to do it with you, but I'm gonna ask you questions. What do you really believe in? I'm mm -hmm. not, I, cause I, I can't, I'm not here to change your behavior and change your belief system. Like, what do you mm -hmm. actually believe in? Do you mm -hmm. believe that Jesus is son of God? Do you believe that he right. died for us? Do we have the common language of the essential, yeah. right? Right. That's really the question. Because, yeah. because the people I know who struggle with homosexuality, those who mm -hmm. agree with Jesus, Lord, we have great commonality. Yeah. Great commonality. They still may yeah. slip up and sleep with somebody the same sex, mm -hmm. but they understand what they're doing. They understand what they're working through. Yeah. Right. All of us got all yeah. kinds of stuff we're working through in process. Yeah. Right. But if you can agree that, okay, no, no, Jesus is Lord. He came from mm -hmm. the father. He is literally God. Right. Mm -hmm. That's the question. That's what a false, that's a true false prophet. The true false <laughs> prophets are the people saying there's other ways of God other than Jesus. Mm -hmm. Those are the true false prophets. You no, know, it's right. not the people that's arguing about, you know, yeah, the people what day of the week. Are <laughs> you preaching? We got whole YouTube channels out here. Yeah, you're preaching too much uh, joy and prosperity. Right, right. What about right. all the You preach too much grace. You yeah. preach too much love. You <laughs> preach too much fire and brimstone. You preach mm -hmm. too much end time doctrine. All, all the things. Yeah, yeah man. This was really good. I listen, we could have gone on for another hour on this one. Yeah. You'll have to come back. We're gonna have to have another conversation. Uh I'll have to have you back on the on the podcast again. There's so much goodness. You and I have conversations about yeah. this kind of stuff all the we'll time. Talk more about it later. But, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, I appreciate you joining. Give a shout out for folks who want to uh connect with what you're doing that or whether they're in Atlanta or anywhere else. How do they yeah, connect? the best place to go is to go to amosjohnsonjr.com, amosjohnsonjr.com. And we go there, you'll find everything that I'm doing. Awesome. Good stuff. Amos, appreciate you, brother. All right. Talk to you later, Shay.